Well, Lord, we're believing for an awakening and a revival and unity in the city, so be it so. Now open the scriptures and teach us and prepare us in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. We're going to do the seventh church today, Laodicea. And uh, so turn to Revelation chapter 3, verse 13. And as you find it, let me just mention some things. Our vision at Church of the Savior is very simple, but it's powerful. We want to see lives transformed. Is that good? And that can only happen by the presence of God. I can't change anybody. You can't change anybody. But when the Lord steps down and the Lord opens hearts, the furthest person can have their life completely changed. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. and Let's read about the last church, Church of Laodicea. Everybody got your Bibles? Hold it up. Let me see you. Got your Bibles? Okay. Verse 14, to the angel or the pastor or the leader of the church in Laodicea, write this. The the amen, the faithful one, the true witness, the beginning of creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot, but I wished you were either cold or hot. So because you are what? What's the word? Lukewarm. Neither hot nor cold, I will spew you or spit you out of my mouth. Because you say this, I'm rich. I become wealthy. And Laodicea was a very prosperous place. And I have need of nothing. But you do not know And Jesus uses five words. This is how I see you. You are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me three things. And these three things all mirrored businesses that were thriving in Laodicea. Gold that's refined by fire so that you may become rich. White garments so you may clothe yourself and that your shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so you may be see. Verse 19, those I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. Verse 20. You may have it marked in your Bible. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now I've used this verse for evangelism for a long time, but it's actually written to the church. Jesus is saying, I can't get in the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, say the word overcomes. I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. 
And this is what Jesus is saying to the church in our city. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now follow with me. And we've looked at the one word that described all the churches. And this is the last church. And Jesus saw them as the lukewarm church. And this whole passage is about heart. Because Jesus is always interested in the status of our heart. Everything you will ever face as it comes back, back to you will always be a heart issue. How you treat your spouse. Your attitude toward your kids. Your attitude toward work. Your attitude toward prayer. It's not a money problem. It's a heart problem. It's not a marriage problem. It is a heart problem. Now, the verse from Proverbs, would you read it with me, please? Watch over your, with all, because out of the, it flows all the issues of life. Everything comes to your heart. Everything flows out of your heart. Now, let's just go through the text and let's look at Christ's exact words and study those. First off, he said, I am the faithful witness. Now, if somebody in your life is faithful, it means they're dependable. They do what they say they'll do. They show up when they say they will show up. And then he said, I am the true witness. And if something is true, it means it's accurate. Aren't you glad he is accurate and true? Now, this next phrase in verse 14, I want to clarify it because... If you just look at it at face value, you might get the wrong idea. Jesus said, I'm the beginning of the creation of God. Some people might read that and go, I guess Jesus is a created being. No, he's not. Jesus is uncreated. He is preexistent, just like the Father and the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, this verse says he is the one that started creation. And he had you in mind when he created you. And he says, I know everything about you. I know your deeds. And if I look at your life, here's the biggest need that you have. You're neither cold and you're neither hot. And this is their whole issue. One sentence, summed up in one sentence, their whole issue. And he said, there's no need to hide. There's no need to pretend. I know everything, and I still love you, and I want to help you. I want to help you to move forward. And he said, because you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like lukewarm things do you i don't like lukewarm things i like my do i have any coffee lovers hold your hand up okay i like my coffee hot i'm not drinking warm coffee i like my coffee hot does anybody like ice cream hold your little grimy hands up i love ice cream 
And I like my ice cream, what? Cold. I don't like my coffee cold, and I don't like my ice cream hot. And I don't like either one of them warm. I like them cold and hot. Now, if we were looking at words to help us understand, if lukewarm is such a big deal, it's a big deal in the church, it's a big deal in Christianity, it's a big deal in our nation, it's a big deal in your life. This is very, very important. Let's look at some words that would give you an understanding of what lukewarm means. It, it means it is tepid. You know what tepid means? I love a good soaking bath. I'll put on some classical music, I will read a book, and I will forget all of you, my friends, for a while. And I will soak my bones, and I enjoy it, but I want a hot bath. I've taken cold showers in different places around the world, not because I wanted to. I had no other choice, cold shower or stink. So I took the cold shower to help my friends. Another word is unpleasing. Say unpleasing. Now, if you go to a restaurant, I have three categories that I put every restaurant and every restaurant meal into. I don't put my wife's cooking into this because that would be unpleasant for me. The first category is, wow, I really love that meal. I mean, I just finished it and I'm going, I would do this again like tomorrow. The next category is, that is horrible. I will never come back to this place again. You can pay for it, but I'm not eating it. And the last category is the most confusing. Have you ever been to a restaurant four different times and you can't even remember what you ate? You know what that is? That's Luke form. Unengaged is another word for lukewarm. Just don't care. Not in. Not paying attention. I am unengaged. Look around you quickly if anybody is unengaged. And then the word apathetic. Say apathetic. There are three kinds of dogs in the world. I have no dogs now, but I've had dogs most of my life. I kind of like dogs. I like dogs. First, first kind of dog is the one that you absolutely adore and you care for them and you might even pack them in a suitcase. I like little Perkins. Let's take Perkins with me. There are people who do that all the time. All the time. And then there's another kind of dog. Uh, honey, Brunhilda just snapped off another one of my fingers. That's Brunhilda. <laughs> Have you ever had a dog that would bite you? We had horses and cows. We had cows that would gore you, and we had horses that would kick your head off or bite your arm off, and they didn't last long on our farm. We had horse burgers. No, we didn't. You ever had a dog that would bite you? Your own dog. Your own dog. I had a little mixed chihuahua, something else chihuahua, and it would sleep with me when I was a kid. Pedro was feisty. 
He loved me. But if I rolled on him in the bed, I paid for it. I would shoot straight up in bed with a chihuahua's teeth on my big toe. The other kind of dog is the dog that you don't even know. It's there because it doesn't care. Cats like that. Cats don't care. Cats have no soul. They can take you or leave you. They can. Have you seen Fred? No, I haven't seen Fred in five weeks. Has anybody been feeding him? No, I haven't been feeding him. I think he's in the house. I don't know if he's in the house. Where's Fred? Fred borrowed the Jeep. He's on a road trip. That's where Fred is. It's apathetic. Fred's apathetic. Or, or this one, um, uninterested. Lukewarm means you're uninterested. You can enjoy Jesus on Sunday, but you don't even think about him the rest of the week because you're just kind of uninterested in him. It's kind of like marriage. Marriage is not an easy thing to pull off. We all marry opposites. Uh, I'm loud. My wife is smart. We're opposites. I love the t-shirts, don't you? Aren't those great t-shirts? So there's hot, cold, and lukewarm marriages. A great marriage. And I'll be honest, I, I love my wife more today than I've ever loved her. And that's been almost 42 years. We just enjoy each other. We're just best friends. And then there's the cold kind of marriage that I've had people say, well, pastor, she shot at me three times last night, but I'm only, I only got nicked in the cheek. Maybe we should talk. And then there's a third kind. Now, what was his name again? There's people that are just like ships. They pass each other in the night. They just kind of like, they're not even roommates. That's what you call Luke warm marriages. Uh, Lukewarm, it means half-hearted. Lukewarm means you're not out, but you're not in. And, And Jesus hates it. And it's not good for you. Either get in or get out. Get on the boat, stay on the dock, get three hernias because you're carrying the big ice chest because you can't make up your mind. Should I get on? Should I get off? Can't make up my mind. And it's also double-minded. Everyone say double-minded. It's from the book of James. You know what double-minded is? You can't make up your mind. You're this way this week. You're another way next week. You're devoted to Jesus one week. And then you act like a week later, he's not even on the throne. He doesn't care. And you don't even know if you belong. That is double-minded. That is lukewarm. Let me go back just a minute. Let's trigger is fast here. These are favorite hymns of the lukewarm. I surrender some. That's lukewarm. Here's another one. Um, What an acquaintance we have in Jesus. Hi, how you doing today, Jesus? 
Uh, I spend a lot of time on these. If you don't laugh or do something, I'm going to feel like really lukewarm up here. Uh, oh, how I like Jesus. A guy told me one day, he said, oh, I really like Jesus, but I like Buddha too. I like Muhammad. I like Billy Graham. I like Confucius. I like them all. Oh, great. I don't get it, but good for you. How about this one? Where he leads me, I'll consider. How about this one? To me be the glory. Great things I have done. Not, who said that? I heard that somewhere. Now, when you read this passage where the scripture says, I will vomit you, I will spew you, I will spit you out of my mouth. Does that mean I'm rejected because I'm not where I'm supposed to be? I think it's not that. Well, what's it mean? That when we are distant from the Lord Jesus, when he is repulsive to us, those who are lukewarm, I think it tears Jesus up. I think it hurts him. Remember, he has emotions. He, he has a soul, mind, will, and emotions. He has a he has emotions. I, I think it tears him up. I think it makes him heart sick. I've had some friends and family members that have had heart attacks, and it wasn't a physical deal. It was called the broken heart syndrome. My own wife, when her favorite sister-in-law dropped dead of an aneurysm a lot younger than us last June, we went down there. I was asked to do the services. But the day before the service, my wife started having chest pain and jaw pain. And she said, I'm good. I said, no, you're not good. We're going to the ER right now. And they said, you've had a heart attack. So she was in three days. They did a heart cath and said she didn't have a heart attack. I think she was grieving. I think her loss was so hard, her body just reacted to the pain in her soul. And I think Jesus has pain in his soul over his children. Would you agree? How can you be a mother and your kids are living in stupid land and disobeying the Lord and wrecking their life? How can it not break your heart? Have you ever cared for somebody so much? It just made you sick. You were just heart sick, stomach sick, body sick because of the emotional pressure. And then I think it's over his concern. I think it's over his devotion that he has to his people because when he's committed, he's all in. See, see the nails, see the crown? 
He, see the blood, he is all in. And when we say we're all in, but we're actually uncommitted, we're actually not all in, it's hurtful. It's very, very hurtful. And then Jesus gave the reason right here in his words, verse 17. He said, because of your words and words are hurtful because you say you are rich. You say you are wealthy. You say you have no need. This is a wealthy community. These are business people. These are people that have done well. These are not poor people. I personally think being a Christian in America is the hardest place to be a Christian. Because we got so much going. We have money. We have cars. We have nice houses. We have warm clothing. There's nobody pressuring us with a gun. There's nobody going to send us to prison. There's no Russian helicopters. And we just get kind of soft in our faith. You ever had one of your kids not doing well? And you offer help, and they say, well, I'm good, when you know uh, you're not good. You're not good at all. And when someone says, I'm good, it's kind of like saying, I got it, I can handle it, I'm self-sufficient. In the last couple of years, we've had a lot of Americans move out in the country, build homes because they want to be self-sustaining and grow their own gardens and have their own livestock. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't care where you move, you will never be all sufficient. And when you tell God, by the way, we don't need you. I'm good. There's people all around you that are telling God, I'm good. And maybe you're watching online right now and you're telling God by your actions, if not your words, I'm good. I don't need you. Because a person that says they have no need is a person that never gets help. You never get help until you realize you cannot do it. And the Lord's waiting. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. Now, Jesus saw this whole deal differently, and he uses five words. You remember the five words he said? I look at you. You have a nice house. You got a good education. Everybody thinks you're doing well, but I see you differently. This is how I see you. You're actually wretched. Everyone say wretched. You know what the word wretched means? It means you are so far down. You are so far down. You are in such a bad place, everybody else would give up on you. That's what wretched means. And then the second word he uses is miserable. Everyone say miserable. How many have ever been miserable? Hold your miserable hands up. I've been miserable. Okay. He said you are miserable, which means you are very, 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 very sick and you don't know it. Know it, know it, know it. But your actions and your words and your heart says you're miserable. And the, th- the third one is poor. You're, you're poor. Now, you can have a lot of money in your bank account. You can drive a really nice car. But what, how the Lord sees you, you are bankrupt. And the things that really matter. 
Then the fourth word, letter D, is you're blind. Everyone say blind. And it doesn't mean physical sight. It means it should be evident to you, but you're not paying attention. You don't see it. You don't have any understanding. You're just letting the same thing happen over and over and over and over, and you are not thinking. You are not figuring this out. And he said, I'm trying to help you. And the last one, you are naked, which means not that you don't have clothing, but it means you're just exposed. You're just totally vulnerable. You're vulnerable to everything. Now, it's interesting. It's hard to see yourself. Would you agree? It's hard to read yourself. It is. And yet other people around us look and go, man, she is so wounded. Oh, my goodness. Or so angry. Other people see it, but you can't see it. Or how unstable. You're like the surf of the sea, up and down. You can't see it. Now, here's what does happen often. You point at other people's instability, other people's hypocrisy, and it's like pointing at the guy that's got a speck in his eye. When you turn around and you got a telephone pole in your eye. It's your own sin that makes you sensitive to their little sin. Why can't I see it? Because you're wretched, poor, miserable, naked, and blind. That is a problem. And only the one who is faithful and true can reveal the true state of your heart. And even all of us, while we're sitting here today, God's Spirit can put his finger and say, let me help you. And if he reveals it, it's not to condemn you, it's to help you. Because he's the only one that can heal us permanently from the inside out. The only one that can set us free, but we have to let him. And some of us have struggled for 15 years in the same area. We've never got it fixed. We've never got it freed. We never got past it because we still struggle the same things. And so he says, here's my advice. Some of you will follow it and some of you won't. You need to buy something. Now, most of the time when we purchase something, it's a very deliberate action. Would you agree? It's deliberate. I guess you could get on Amazon and Click five times when you meant to click two times. But it's a deliberate action. He said you should buy these three things. One is gold. Everyone say gold. Purify by fire, which means there's pressure and hardship. And the character of the Lord Jesus that he wants us to have is very costly to develop. It's painful to humble yourself in a tough situation. Character doesn't happen unless it's under pressure. My little clicker is going wild today. But the value of a heart changed 
and a lifestyle changed over a lifetime is called the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to develop these nine traits. Do you know what they are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's his heart. Patience. And it gives us eternal rewards in the life to come. One of these days, you're going to be off this planet. And you're going to be before the Lord Jesus. And your life will be evaluated and you will be rewarded based on your faithfulness. So therefore, I want to choose to respond like the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the second thing to buy is white garments. It talks about holiness. It talks about living a forgiven life. And it is a choice every day. You put on a coat this morning, you chose to put it on. I don't want to live a life of shame. I want to live a life of freedom. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So therefore, I want to be clothed with Jesus. I want to dress like him. I want to dress with him. I want to represent him well. It is, is a deliberate choice. And the last one is ISAF. Now, it's interesting. I never would have thought this. But Laodicea had an industry of making ISAF. You can imagine the eye problems people have today, the eye problems they had 2,000 years ago. So using organic materials... There were people that manufactured ISAB. On the right, it's a container that is 2,000 years old of ISAB. Actually found in a shipwreck off the coast. The issue is we want to be able to see what Jesus wants us to see. On my prayer drive last night, I was praying, Lord... Help me see what I need to see. I can't see it now, but I want to see it. So I'm asking, give me your vision. Point number seven. He goes on to say, those that I love, this is something that's necessary. I reprove those that I love. I discipline those I love. Even I spank those. Anybody been spanked by the Lord? I have. I don't like it. It really helps, especially if you needed it. And the word reprove means this. You help somebody stop dysfunctional behavior. You help somebody stop a course of action that is dangerous because they're going in the wrong direction. That's what reprove means. And uh, I want him to reprove me. Do you guys want him to reprove you? Lord, I need your help. Don't leave me alone, Lord. Because if he didn't care, Jesus would leave me alone. 
But he does care. And those that I love, I discipline, the scripture says. If you love your children, you will discipline your children. You will reprove them. You will say, that's not wise. You're going to pay for that. Don't do it. Lord, please correct me. And he will do that all your life. So he says in the the same sentence of correction, I want you to be zealous and I want you to repent. I want you to be quick to repent. Don't make excuses. Don't run away from me. Don't act like it's not true. Quickly say, Lord, I did it. Lord, I said it. Lord, my heart was bad. Forgive me. Let me walk with you again. And then point nine. To show you that he doesn't give up on us. He said, behold, I stand at the door. He's waiting. Would you make him wait on you? Would you make him wait a year? Would you make him wait 10 years? Well, what's the door? The door is your heart. And then he says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm knocking. If you hear me knock, if you hear my voice, what do you do? Somebody tell me. If you hear the knock, do you hear the voice? You have two options. Are you going to open the door? Are you going to stay on the couch? I remember a friend of mine that I loved for seven years. He stayed away from the Lord. He stayed away from me. He was in a crisis. We sat down and talked. And I asked him, I turned him turned to this passage, and I said, Ricky, are you hearing this? What do you mean? Are you hearing the knock of the Lord on the door of your heart? He said, I am. I said, are you hearing his voice? Is he speaking to your heart? Yes, he is. And I said, how long? He said, seven years. I know to the day. I said, are you ready? Are you ready to open up? He said, I am. And he gave his heart to Christ and he lived for Jesus. I heard the knock the entire senior year of my high school. I didn't know what it was. I was miserable. I had everything, but I was empty. And I was looking. I was searching. I didn't know what it was. It was this. Steve, open up. Steve, come to the door. Do you recognize my voice? And when people are going through a crisis, ask them, do you hear the knock? I had a guy, a rough guy, that I... I loved him greatly. Uh, He was a wicked brother. He was a wicked man. He was a violent man. He was a much bigger man than me. And we got to be friends. One day I'm sitting in his pickup truck. He used to fist fight, man. He owned several businesses, made a lot of money. But he he would sit down and throw down 24 cans of beer in one night. 
He got thrown out of more restaurants and bars. So I'm sitting in his pickup truck. He didn't even know I was a Christian, didn't know I was a pastor. He gave me a story for an hour, and I, he, then he turned to me and said, well, what, what, what do you do for a living, Steve? I said, do you really want to know? I said, I'm a drug lord. <laughs> no, he said, no, really, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, you? You're a pastor? I said, well, I may not be a good one, but I am. I'm a pastor. And then he said the most amazing thing because he'd been hearing this. He said, every area in my life is good except one. I said, what's that? I need God. And he found him. And he got his life changed. There's people all around you. And they're hearing this. But you don't take the time to talk to them. You don't take the time to invite them to your house. You don't sit on the porch with them. And you don't ask them the question. And they would come to Christ so easy. If you just ask them a few questions. And I tell people, you got to get up. He's not going to barge his way in. He's a gentleman. You have the door. The handle is on your side of the door. And his promise is, I will come in. He promises that. I'll come into your life. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to do anything. You have to do one thing. Get up off the couch. Open the door. If you open the door, I will come in. I will fix and clean and adjust all those things you're worried about. Don't worry about those things. You only have one decision. Will you get up and open the door? Now, this is the most important thing I'll say. If It may be on your outline. I don't remember. But I tell people, he can't help you from the outside. You have to open the door. And he's waiting on you. And he wants to come in and dine with you. This is a Middle Eastern concept. We Americans don't get it. But in parts of the Middle East where I've been, hospitality is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And if if people from some of these cultures invite you in, it means you're in. And if they feed you, it means you're family. And they take that so serious in some cultures that if violence breaks out, they will defend your life with theirs. Because you're in your family, because you shared a meal. That's what Jesus is offering. He wants to share a meal and share a life and share an eternity with you. Open the door. Let him in. Stop procrastinating. Because the promise is this. He's got great promises. The devil's lying to you about him. Don't listen to the devil's lies. He who overcomes. Say the word overcomes. And you may be sitting here. Yeah, that's good for you. You got a good life, but I'm trapped. I can't get out. I can't get over this addiction. I can't get over my health issues. I can't get over this anger. I can't get over this really bad relationship I'm in. Yes, you can. 
He promises you he's going to help you no matter what the deal is. Now, this is not in your notes, but this is important. This will really help you. To be an overcomer, first, you got to struggle. And we think struggle is bad. No, struggle is good. And you will never get to the place that you're not struggling anymore. I used to think, if I could just get over this, I'll be home free. Now I then have another deal to struggle with. Can I be really transparent with you? Your friend, Steve, and your pastor, I struggle all the time. And sometimes I turn to the Lord or even my wife and I go, man, if I'm struggling this severely... What is the rest, how are the rest of the sheep doing? I struggle with the flesh. I struggle with the devil. I struggle with people. I struggle with myself. It's a part of it. The deal is I choose not to succumb to it. I choose to get up on Monday and pray again. I choose on Monday to get in the Bible I choose on Monday to serve somebody. I choose on Monday to forgive. I choose on Monday to choose the humble position. I choose on Monday to share the gospel. Because Jesus has promised me. It's through the struggle that I become an overcomer. Well, what do I do, Steve? Open the door and submit. Stop telling him what to do. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. Because I I turn to some of my lost friends that I love, and sometimes I will say, uh, now, we've been talking two hours about your stuff. And last I checked, you're the guy in the driver's seat. Just tell me, how good a job have you done with your life? How about get out from behind the wheel? What do you got to lose? You're so messed up. You don't have any options. Why don't you let Jesus help you? Open the door. Let him in. Because you really only got two choices. Do you want to be overcome? Or do you want to be an overcomer? Worship team, would you come out, please? And he says, I'm going to grant you something. Do you know what a grant is? A grant is a gift that you don't have to work for. He, somebody puts it in your hand. My great, 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 great grandfather from Virginia, John Thomas, this is not him on the screen, fought as a young man in the Revolutionary War. When the war was over, John Thomas was given free land. He's in Virginia. He's never been to South Carolina. This is how my family got to South Carolina. And said, we'll give you a land grant from the government. It was in Spartanburg County. They even told him where it was. It was at the junction of where the North Tiger and the South Tiger meet. 
And there's a little map that's a, almost 200 years old. And my first cousin and I, who's this story, we were talking about it. We don't know if the land grant was, was 300 acres, 500 acres. Frank was telling me yesterday, his dad would take he and his brothers down and they would sleep down on a big sandy beach down there. Could have been a thousand acres, could have been 2,000 acres. So if somebody was going to give you 2,000 acres, would it be worth moving? How many would go, I think I'll take the grant. Jesus wants to give you far more. And it's lasting because that, that's not even in our family anymore. So why would you miss what Jesus has for you? Why would you say, uh, I'm good. I'm rich. I don't need your help. And then he says, in the next realm, there'll be tables, there'll be thrones, there'll be positions. And I want you to sit down with me. I want you to rule with me. I want you to have authority with me. I want you to be a partner with me in my rule in the next realm. Does that not get you excited? Do you not think about what that's going to mean like? And so he, he closed with the same message he said to all the churches. Do you have an ear? Are you listening? Are you in? So we kind of have three options. What are they? Well, you have to evaluate under the Holy Spirit's uh, gaze are you on fire and red hot for Jesus today? Do you love him more now than you've ever loved him before? That's good. Or would you just be honest and say, I have been so wounded and so frustrated and so discouraged. My heart looks more like this. My heart is cold. My heart is hard. My heart is distant. And I'm unengaged. Fix that today. And the last one is where most people are. I'm just lukewarm. I'm just lukewarm. Worship team, would you guys come out? Julie, would you come out? I just... I trust the Holy Spirit and I trust the Word of God. And I trust Him to help you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. And you folks watching online, this is a holy moment for you too. Why don't you just stop fighting Him? Why don't you stop resisting Him? Just get up and open the door and let him in. He can help you with everything you're dealing with. So right where you are, pray with me and say, Jesus, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of resisting. 
I'm tired of listening to the devil's lies. I open the door of my heart and I surrender. I give you everything. Make me your child. Julie. So as we were preparing this week, the team was, we just felt like, as I shared earlier, that the Lord really wanted um, to be in our midst to bring healing to bodies, um, specifically people that had autoimmune um, or joint issues, um, cancer diagnosis, um, new, new, newly diagnosed as well. Um, I felt like um, just as we were even praying downstairs um, that people were going to get healed of, of back pain that's chronic and debilitating um, and um, specifically to um, joint pains um, a right elbow um, and um, people who are having infertility issues that the Lord um, is wanting to pour out healing as well so um, if that is any of you this is a time for us to just respond to the Lord um, and really give him our hearts and um, he knows our hearts um, better than we even do and so if there's there's hearts that need to be healed as well hearts that are lukewarm or need a fresh touch from the Lord you are welcome at the altar and our prayer team is um, so happy um, to pray for you and have faith for you that the Lord is going to touch you today so why don't we all stand and let's worship. Oh, 
Shipping, I felt like the Lord brought that to mind. If you've been having a lot of issues with your stomach, we would love to pray for you. I'm so thankful for words of knowledge that God still speaks to us today. So thankful for a worship leader that has a listening ear. I'm so thankful that we started our worship in scripture in Psalm 103. That we serve the God that not only forgives all of our sins, but heals all our diseases. I said he forgives all of our sins and heals all our diseases. So as people are praying, and before we dismiss you, I want to encourage you to come up and ask for prayer. Whatever that prayer may be. We've got people to my left, people to our right. We'll stay as long as long as we need to you know the apostle paul kept things real simple and he said in second corinthians eleven three, he says i fear one of the things that the apostle paul was worried about that the devil who masquerades as an angel of light through his craftiness would take away the simplicity 
that is in Christ. There's, there's a simplicity in the gospel message that you heard today, that Jesus is on the outside knocking on the door to the lukewarm church. There's a simplicity in Christ. He went on to say in verse 4, I fear that someone will present to you a different Jesus. There is a build-your-own-Jesus foundation that is filled with seats, people in their seats, and churches that are lukewarm churches. We don't want to be a lukewarm church. We want to be a church that's on fire for God because God's on fire for us. He's relentless in his love for us. He's relentless in his healing for us. He's relentless in his Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and what God can do. Nothing is impossible for God. There's no disease he can't heal. There's no situation he can't fix. There's no marriage he can't reconcile. Nothing is impossible for the God we serve, the real Jesus. We serve the real Jesus. Father, I thank you for a word, a healing word, a real word. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Holy Spirit, continue to linger, empower, hover over us, hem us in, and heal us. We pray the blood of Jesus over all the bodies here in this building today. And I pray that everyone's body line up with your word that says, by your stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you have your children, please go get them before they get you. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Thank you for joining us at Church of the Savior online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.